it's Chili. Hey guys, it's sure nice to be with you again. This is a podcast for God's sakes. I'm going to tell you a little story here. 1956 was a time of V8 engines, flat tops, and the Mickey Mouse Club. I was 10 years old. My grandmother and my mom drove a Plymouth Deluxe sedan, and I was always an eager passenger. Daily, we stopped at the post office. After we picked up the mail and crossed the street, we were at Harold Scarborough's drugstore. I always ordered a cherry phosphate while my mom did her shopping. I loved to spin around on the soda fountain stools while drinks fizzled and cheeseburgers griddled. While in town, my mom scouted for my grandfather's red Studebaker truck, either at the Apache Lounge or the Goose Creek Ice House. Beer was a daily required ritual with the old German gentleman. After our fun at Scarborough's, we motored home, passing bars and more bars. Goose Creek was the home of Humble Oil Refinery and oil tanker docks. Ships came from all over the world to be filled with freshly refined oil products. The international crews helped the local merchants prosper, especially Roxy. Roxy's bar was a saloon downstairs and a whorehouse upstairs. I knew this was true because my pal Hares told me all about it. Hares and I were very interested in what went on inside. We'd ride our bikes up and down at the alley behind Roxy's trying to get a glimpse of the ladies. All we ever saw was an occasional fellow sneaking up the outside stairs and through the doorway. Hares and I were always looking for adventures. Daily astride our bikes we searched. Hares did not name his bike, but I named my Nicky Listy after my high school football hero. Summer days at our home were devilishly hot and humid, and bike riding while looking for adventures was an exhausting job and left us needing cherry phosphates. One summer day after downing drinks from Scarborough's soda fountain, Harris and I walked back through the drugstore aisles. We enjoyed looking at yo-yos, baseball cards, and racy magazines. We didn't see Mr. Scarborough walk up behind us. Drew, do you and Gary Joe, now that was Hare's given name, want to make a delivery for me? I'll give you each a half dollar. Sure, Mr. Scarborough, you know, I want to. He said, boy, you boys deliver these two bags to Roxy. She's expecting a delivery. Hares and I looked at each other, both wanting to explode with excitement. Come on, Hares, let's go to Roxy's, I said. The bags fit snugly into the baskets on our handlebars as we went off. Roxy's were three short blocks from the drugstore, and we covered that trip in a heartbeat. This was going to be a life-changing adventure. I knew it. Down the alley to the long expanse of stairs we went. It looked like a mile up the stairs to the landing in the mysterious door on the second floor. I said, Hares, you go first. No, Drew, you're the biggest. You go first. No, Hares, you're the oldest. You go. 
As we argued at the foot of the stairs, we didn't notice the door open and a woman came out on the landing. Are you my delivery boys? she asked. Yes, ma'am, we are, I replied. Well, get up here. The girls are waiting for you, she said. Harris and I fought and pushed each other, trying to be the first on the landing and get into the doorway. The women were now inside and waiting for us. I entered first with hairs pressed up close on my back. We were both breathing hard, but not from the bike ride. The room was dimly lit with overstuffed sofas lining the walls. There were lamps with red shades on side tables. The room smelled a little like church mixed with the Apache lounge. Perfume, cigarettes, and liquor. You can now put those bags down if you want, boys, the woman who must have been Roxy said. She wore a purple house coat with bright red slippers. The other women had on sheer tops and scanty bottoms. My only exposure to a scene like this appeared in a stolen glimpse of a glossy page in a magazine. Hares and I nervously put the bags on the floor. Get those small bags out and give them to the girls whose names are on them, the woman said. Harris and I reached into the bags and removed smaller bags one at a time. We read the names and the amounts owed. One by one, the girls came up, taking their bag and slowly removing cash between their copious, glowing breasts. Each dollar was warm and fragrant. I don't remember breathing the whole time, but I know I did. Boys, you take this money back to Harold's and thank him for the cheeseburgers and douche. Harris and I looked at each other. We knew what cheeseburgers were, but the other one kind of escaped us. Harris and I went down the stairs, not believing what we had just done. We can't tell anybody about this. It's our secret, Harris said. They didn't look or smell anything like my mama, he finished. Mine either, I thought. Money delivered and winks from Mr. Scarborough sent us on our way home. At home, Mom asked, Drew, did you have fun today? I replied, not much. You know, it was just okay, Mom. Yes, it was. Peace, chill out, and watch those intersections.